0: Welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha.
1: I'm Jordan Crook.
0: And I'm Daryl Etherington. Every week we review a new streaming show or movie. This week we are going to review the final season of Ozark, a show that we've been talking about basically since it, uh, you know, it, it started on Netflix, I guess, like five years ago. Um, and actually, I mean, I, Long-time listeners of the podcast will know that Daryl and I have not necessarily been the most devoted fans of of Ozark and and have basically watched when Jordan made us watch it, but uh, I think Daryl actually did a big catch-up in the last week. Daryl's been
1: converted from my understanding, right?
0: That's correct. I watched almost all of
2: it. I still didn't get all the way through the last season, which means I'll probably dip before we get into spoilers because I'm too close now, but I watched... Nearly all of it, and I watched – this is going to be – this is probably – some people are going to be really sad to hear this, but I watched a good chunk of the last bit of it and at 1.5x speed to try to get it it done in time. Wait,
1: what is that even like? I've never done that before. Surprisingly
2: fine. You get accustomed to it quickly, and then you're like, oh, this is just the normal Just talking quick. Yeah, they talk quick, but they do some kind of digital – Filtration so that they don't sound like they're chipmunks. Like they just sound like their normal voices, but like slightly digitized or something. But yeah, be be and and there's a lot of like slow, lingering shots in this show. Mm -hmm. And like, and then I think it actually improves those. I was like, oh yeah, I wish that they had shot it like this. No,
1: no improvements can be made to the existing product.
2: No, I suppose that's that's true. But anyways. Still, still a nail biter. Still a good show, even at one point five x. In case anybody was wondering, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, Daryl, I think part of the reason both of us have maybe been a little hesitant to watch it is we're like sort of not. Neither of us is like just super into these kind of like dour Breaking Bad style crime shows. Um, So now that you've like watched such a big chunk of it. Do you feel like it's different from what you expected or you're just more open-minded to that kind of style now? No,
2: I think it's different. And I think it's, I, I ascribe it mostly to, uh, Jason Bateman. I think he does a very good job of kind of like, I don't know, adding some lightness to it or keeping it from being, it's, it's just like, it doesn't feel nearly as, um, It feels intense but i I don't know it just doesn't feel as suffocating i guess as like a breaking bad or something like that so
1: well so i think the crucial differences between breaking bad and Ozark because it's the constant um comparison that's made and i think where they're alike obviously is that one we're dealing in drugs Mm -hmm. two we are talking about a family who's dealing in drugs, right. And like the family dynamics at play to something that used to be like pretty cookie cutter, white picket fence to now like working in the drug business. And three, that like the stakes are always being raised in both of those shows. It's always getting bigger and kind of like less in control as time goes on. But difference wise, there's a lot to the, the most important one, I think is that both the parents in Ozark, why can't I think of their names?
2: Uh, Marty and
1: Marty and uh, Wendy Bird.
2: Wendy Bird, yeah.
1: Marty and Wendy Bird shift back and forth between their like evil, right? But I think at all times they're both aware of a moral compass. It feels like Walter White is less and less aware of his over time. It's just like a constant progression towards evil. Mm. Whereas like Marty and Wendy have these like. It's the only way out. I realized that like it would have been black and white for me before, but now it's actually very gray and like they have a real clear self-awareness of like morality throughout the entire show, even when they are kind of like, quote, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. And two, I just think that it's there's no Ruth Langmore character. You could argue that whoever Walter White's little buddy is, is supposed to be like right, a Ruth Jessie Langmore. Jesse or whatever. Jessie. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not really. Like I don't think I love that actor and like he's fine that and that's actor, a but... iconic <laughs> character whatever, but like it just I don't think it compares to Ruth and she brings Julia Garner brings so much to that to the palette of the show and mm-hmm. um again like really dynamic character with a lot of depth and like <laughs> and and she also brings a lightness and humor that I think Jesse never did, was supposed to, but it was always kind of hokey. Yeah, And you're like, okay, cool. Whereas like Ruth delivers a, a line that's supposed to make you laugh and it actually makes you laugh. And you're like, this girl, man, like, she's out of control. So I think those are like pretty critical differences. And then there's also mm-hmm. just like the update, right? Like Ozark has a lot of beautiful imagery and scenery and like the way that it's shot and the music. And you can't really blame Breaking Bad, but it was, whatever, 15 years ago or 20 years ago. And it was also in New Mexico, which, like, is just different taste aesthetically. I think I would rather see lakes and mountains and trees than I would a desert over and over again. That's just my taste.
0: Right? Yeah,
2: Yeah, I think that, I mean, even just the uh, color palette and, like, the visual style of the show, um, the cinematography, in addition to, like, the setting... I think adds to that and also it's just like maybe it's a difference of taste but I just like like looking at this more than I like looking at that show and again yeah you're right it could also just be intervening years right improvements there but
1: it also mm-hmm. feels like maybe the whole it 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 like reminds me Ozark reminds me a bit of Succession and that like it doesn't quite come out of character to explain what's going on with it all the time, like with money laundering and with yeah. like different accounts and shell corpse. And it's like, you get it, you get it mm-hmm. from the context. We're not going to like over-explain it, which is very similar to succession. They're like, we're not going to tell you what a poison pill is or a bear hug or a proxy battle. Like just understand from the context, we're never coming out of character to mm-hmm. help you understand. Whereas breaking bad felt a little bit be- like Jesse's existence was essentially so to explain, explain chemistry and science and like that just makes you it feel a little less authentic.
0: Right. And so I'm assuming that most people who are listening to this episode have some sense, at least of what Ozark is. But for those who don't, the, the basic concept is that um, this couple, Marty and Wendy Bird, as well, well as their kids, um, they live in Chicago. Uh, Marty has been laundering money for uh, a Mexican drug cartel. And uh, fairly early on, um, gets into the bad graces of the cartel. And in order to save his life and the life of his family, he comes up with this idea to move to the Lake of the Ozarks and launder vast amounts of money. um, And in doing so, sort of then becomes more and more entangled, both with the crime scene in the Lake of the Ozarks, as well as with this uh, Mexican uh, cartel. Is that sort of a... That's, a,
1: that's pretty good yeah. um explanation of it and i think like the more entwined piece is that like he promises so big with his life on the line that he essentially becomes the sole wanderer for mm. the cartel which i think is the important piece and so you have this kind of like you have this um very like cookie cutter white picket fence family from chicago who is uh now in a pretty like country (laughs) setting
2: yeah he's very good at what he does too that's also important he's He's essentially like
1: a savant like he is um a prodigy of money laundering no one can do it like he does no one spots the things that he does yeah and he is buying up he's angel investing in businesses that are very (laughs) lowbrow like Mm -hmm. you know a strip club or a little lake resort lodge thing, um, and trying to launder insane amounts of money because it's no longer shared between like 10 kind of bought financial advisors anymore. It's just him and his family. And his children are brought in on it very early on. His wife and his children are brought in very early on.
2: The the most interesting, like the things that make this show work so well are that he's so good at it because it ends up Uh, I think pulling you along with a lot of stuff that would strain credulity, right? About like, why would the cartel entertain this thing, this type of risk or whatever? And then the other stuff that's so interesting is that, yeah, the family is aware fully so early. And also, I think it's clutch that at the very beginning, there was a part where I was like, oh, they're going to make it so that he was kind of like, unintentionally brought into this but it's not he's like eyes wide open into it from the very start and they make that aware early so it's not like or they make you aware of that right away so it's not like a spoiler to say but right
1: it's like in the first season
0: yeah at the very beginning of the show he's already money money laundering for the cartel all that's changing is the sort of the escalation of his involvement but it's not like he didn't want to money launder money for them right
1: and i think they do a good job because most of the show is in the present like the vast majority of it, 97% yeah. is, you're just in the present with them, but they do, I think two, maybe one or maybe two shows that are dedicated to flashbacks and you get an understanding of how he got in with the cartel mm-hmm. and how Wendy was also made aware and like kind of how that escalated and how that even got started to begin with and like the emotional trauma of the family that kind of led them there. Yeah. Um. They do some select flashbacks for
2: other characters as well, to be Mm -hmm. fair, just to, I I guess, establish them more fully as characters. But it never felt, it never felt like too, I don't know, theatrical or whatever. It was like, okay, I mean, we, this is useful, right? This, this is Mm -hmm. actually additive. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how we want to, if we just want to try to focus on the final season or we want to walk through it, but
0: yeah, let's talk maybe about general impressions of the final yeah. season and i guess i'm particularly interested jordan and in, in whether you're not you're sort of happy with how everything wrapped up and then we probably want to move into spoilers kind of quickly but before we'll probably daryl want to duck out before we get into the final I ha- final spoilers I have i'm
2: so hooked I'm so yeah
1: hooked. i would say i'm mostly satisfied with how it ended i think they were smart not to try to keep it going you like ultimately reach a pinnacle where you can't up the ante anymore and um they were smart about like getting it right to the threshold and then saying okay let's wash our hands
2: but there was a lot of people who were disappointed i think right is anthony were you saying that like that was my sense i mean it's
0: hard to sort of like generalize but i think there's definitely like some reviews and like tweets of people who sort of it wasn't the ending they wanted
1: I think that anything that is as beloved as Ozark is gonna have trouble landing, right? Yeah. Like no one likes an ending to the thing that they love. It's never gonna be satisfactory because we've all been spent five years or whatever thinking about how it could end. Um I think all that said, like I'm I'm happy to accept it. And but I could also see where there are some frustrations. Like it felt like everything that they had done, they spent years circumventing backstabbing lying deceiving killing right Mm -hmm. and it didn't feel like that all karmically came all the way back so i think that that could be frustrating to people who are very much believers in like the white horse good guy gets punished thing and then i also think for the people that wanted them to escape unscathed or for everything to be tied in a beautiful bow that also didn't happen, which is actually why I'm so satisfied with it. Cause I think it found it's It's proper middle ground yeah. that is like, it's still messy, but it's not like perfect on either side. It's not yeah. like perfect and equilateral. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, to be fair, like based on the show to date, and again, halfway through season four, basically, that would be what I would expect out of the ending, right? Like the show is not does, so for me, it sounds like it will match up with expectations, at least in terms of rewards or lack thereof um for actions past because the show seems pretty good about being more like a lot of this is just down to chaos and whatever. like you can yeah, you can do what you can do, but it you know it's not. It, nothing's gonna come out as uh eye for an eye or or otherwise right so
1: yeah and i think like there were a couple characters that felt like they were like lodged in in the last season and when i say last season i mean season four holistically not like the part two Mm -hmm. um that like didn't feel fitting because you almost want some of those earlier traumas to come back and be like the focal point of how they get through it Mm. and it's not it almost feels like there's some new players in town but i actually think that they're tools that are used to get the core cast and the core set of characters to do the things they need to do to satisfy the show and satisfy the story arc rather than them actually mattering on their own those auxiliary characters right like they force the the characters we really care about most to take that like final action or to go through that final experience that we needed them to go through
2: yeah i think that's always and uh, you know when i was starting out season four i was kind of like oh is there too many new faces like what's going on and then it always makes me wary when they're i don't know why i guess i'm just like look we're coming to this part like i don't need you to introduce new people i have these people i already care enough about and so i'm it makes me a little bit nervous but that i think you're right about their usage and i feel like they were generally additive and not distractions or like sometimes it can also feel like they're make makeups so on, like oh well we sh- we had this character a few seasons ago and we realized we still kind of need them but we killed them so we'll just bring up we'll an equivalent in. yeah yeah mm-hmm. And they did, I don't think they did that either. Or they, they, they made them unique enough uh, mm-hmm. and interesting enough in their own right that it never felt like it was just a substitute uh, for somebody gone.
1: And they did pull in some old characters. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't like it was just all everyone had died and we had to have a full slate of new characters for one season to kind of, like, finish things off. There was a nice blend. And I agree with Daryl. I think they were... Like unique enough and dynamic enough to get the job done as long as you're actually focusing on your core characters and not trying to focus too much on like who the hell is this dude or who the hell is this chick you
0: know and jordan to your point about the ending i mean i think one of the things that the discussion reminded me of is the way some of the comments that david chase who created the sopranos uh, made around the time that the sopranos ended where it felt like everyone was in was really invested in this question is tony soprano going to die is he going to be punished in some way for what he did on the show and and david Chase was like i think pretty annoyed by those questions because he's kind of like what the fuck like you've been watching this show and enjoying this guy getting away with everything for you know six or seven years and now you want to like feel morally superior and see him get killed or go to jail or whatever and right um that there's, I mean, I, and I, I think like there's still, I, I don't totally dismiss that point of view of like, well, no, like if you've got like a anti-hero type character, they should be punished in the end. But there is also something kind of hypocritical about that point of view of like saying the only way that like this show can end in a satisfying way is if the birds are punished for what they've done.
1: I completely disagree like i i just like was on their side the whole time i'm all i tend to be on the side of anti-heroes most of the time <laughs> like, i just like we've talked about before my respect for like cult leaders and con men i yeah I, and i also think that that i never needed to feel morally superior to them because they went in with eyes wide open the whole time like that flashback yeah early in season one that shows you how they got into the cartel and that they talked about it as a couple they made the decision, they committed to it, they realized the danger and they went for it. Like no one was ever lying to anyone. Again, no. like if we go back to Breaking Bad, Walter White got into this all on his own and then broke it to his wife and then kind of fucked up his family. Like that was not the case in this show. They, they went in eyes wide open. They knew that things were going to probably escalate and get dangerous and they chose to do it as a partnership. And I think like, The piece that makes it so interesting beyond like the cartel and money laundering and breaking the law is the way that the family, the family dynamics that are involved in it feel very realistic, Mm -hmm. right? Like Marty and Wendy's marriage suffers incredibly, and yet they still love each other and are partners and best friends and are trying to like figure it out throughout the whole show with, I mean, obvious bumps and bruises along the way. And the kids as well, like you'd expect the kids to have their own rebellions, to have their own freak outs, to have their resentments, which they do. They're also generally spectacular kids. And they are I think they're meant to be shown as gifted in some way, right? Because yeah. they also understand these are high stakes. There are no slip ups. There are no mistakes. I have to grow up now. I might be 13, but I have to be all the way grown up now and like they rise to the challenge which is interesting because it's not completely unbelievable based on what they drew up around those characters.
2: Yeah, I think uh I think I think that it's just like it's so weird to think about the the that perspective. I agree with Jordan like I was like always Rooting in their camp essentially. Yeah. yeah, and it's weird to think about a perspective where someone's watching this whole show just being like it's going to be so great when they get theirs. like it's just from a <laughs> moralizing perspective. Yeah. But it's funny too, because I've expressed previously that I don't like these shows a lot because I'm like, I don't like the glorifying the crime and then the reward for it. But I don't know. This show does a great job of, I think they do a great job of, of like it, the characters in it are excellent at, dissembling the when they're talking to other characters about like what's really the the harm and everything right like when they're when they're justifying to themselves and to the characters around them their participation in this they're excellent at it and i feel like they're they're as good as at convincing the audience as well right like
1: Not to mention, like, you are constantly seeing the cost. Like, it isn't glorifying in the sense that, like, all you see is reward for this behavior. No. Like, they're driving around in beat up old cars in a, like, pretty, it's an okay house, but, like, for a house is very nice. Old dude lived in a bit run down. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Right. And they're, like, living in this place where the kids are unhappy. They don't feel like they belong necessarily. They are constantly, like, Running from something, looking over their shoulder, having to do something that is beyond their moral compass, right? So like, they—it's not like it is glorifying it. That there's so much sacrifice throughout the entire show that you're like, I really hope you guys make it out okay. Like,
2: well, what's (laughs) great about it is they never—they never never seem in it for the financial reward, right? No, they don't from the beginning and like especially the way that he and i love how he's depicted at the very at the series outset as like just the cheapest guy ever ever right and but he he's not even acquiring it for the sake of living lavishly that's not at all what his intent is and even it doesn't even seem like that's his intent in future right
1: yeah. I mean, like in the flashback, he definitely says like we'd be set for life. Yeah. And but set like for the- him
2: just means like we, we don't, don't have to worry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: We can just send the kids to college. We can do what we need to do and we don't have to worry about making ends meet at any point. But you're right. They're not motivated by money. And in fact, like the closest that they come to like the wrong motivations, even then are pretty justified because I think Wendy dips her toe into like greed for power. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the sake of influence but even that feels pretty altruistic because i think deep down in her heart she's like we've done so much at such a high cost to our family like i hope we can leave a good impression yeah on the planet and like we could influence politics in a way that would make me very happy and like yeah there's a lot of like internal like selfish like i want to be the kingmaker of missouri but there's also like, if I'm the kingmaker, I'll make really great kings. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> And yeah. that'll be
2: good for people. I think both of their motivations, like, they come to light throughout the course of the show. And the final season just just, like, sharpening it, right? It's like, this is what they were all about all along. Like, just in case you needed it in starker relief. And then, but that is what makes the show great, is that they both, uh, both Marty and, um... oh, God, no. Did I Wendy. Cl- Wendy have like very different uh, motivations, but they're also very like, they, they're they not like your strict basic like, oh, we like money because we like being rich motivations. And they're very compelling to the plans in different ways. And I mean, it, it's the whole crux of the series is like these competing motivations and how they show up in the actions that they t-
0: choose to pursue, right? Yeah. I, I think also, I mean, I, so definitely my opinion should count for the least because I've sort of just been flitting in and out of the show. Um, but since I have seen the final episode, I, I would say also that I do think that that final dialogue exchange, which we can talk about more in spoilers, I think really is, is pretty perfect. I think like that, like a lot of the dynamics of the final episode, that to me, they, they, it works really, really, really well. And I think like actually does wrap things up in a pretty, both like thematically and emotionally satisfying way
2: oh i'm so excited now
1: yeah i'm not even sure what dialogue you're talking about
0: but... <laughs> I'll, we'll get to it um
2: <sighs> i'm not even gonna watch it at 1.5x that's how no I'm you're saying. gonna slow
0: it
1: down watch it at 0.5x <laughs> watch it slower
0: have a really up, draw for that right. an option <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: well is it time
0: yeah okay so we'll, why don't we we'll talk be... up
1: to the point where daryl has been and then yeah. he can excuse himself so are we just focusing on four part two first for this
0: do part one because i think well because daryl i think has only seen part one, one. right that's right yeah
1: okay yeah. so we can start there
0: wait hold on okay so yeah so if you have not watched season four of oh, yeah. my uh, bad. <laughs> of ozark you should stop listening now um okay continue
1: So the season four opens on a car crash. You forgot, didn't you?
0: I forgot. Yes, I did.
1: It's easy to forget. Yeah.
2: Cause that's a planted thing that I bet doesn't pay off until quite a bit later. So,
1: yeah. So actually I will say that it's one of my biggest complaints. Um, because it breaks the, the formula and the, the format of the show Hmm. to like do something like that. Um, it doesn't come back until the very last episode. Yeah,
2: I was figuring now, now that I remember that that happened, I was like, oh, that's probably not going to pay off. And it end. just
1: pulls you, it pulls you out in a weird way where you're like, I don't really understand the context of what's going on in the car right now. They're having a conversation about the FBI. They get in the crash and then you don't know what's going on and you do forget it Yeah. Um, until you hear it. Like you're They're in the car and you hear the music playing and you're like, wait.
2: Oh, no. right. Okay. And you're like, oh no. But that seems kind be- of effective, right? Isn't it? Because they probably effective. want you to forget it.
1: They do want you to forget it and that is effective up to a point until you realize what happens mm. in the wake of it, like okay. w- th- what it's used for. And I actually don't really agree with what it's used for, to be gotcha. honest. So that part w- was upsetting to me. Um, but like Daryl, I mean, it's been a while since I watched four one. So why don't you walk us through exactly what you've seen and what has happened.
2: Uh, oh boy yeah i watched these all <clears throat> in such rapid remember, succession right? that they blend together a bit right but well i think this is where this
1: season three that ended with them killing the lawyer right
2: yeah yeah and in so, this one like ruth is quits i think at this point or because
1: away. the son alejandro right or what's his name uh, uh, oh the nephew yeah, the nephew. Ollie
2: uh Yeah, I don't remember his name. The but... nephew has killed Wait, uh, uh Javier. Javi? Javier. No, no,
1: no, no. This isn't she's not quits yet, I don't think. Hold on. Let me let me find it.
2: She quits in the first episode of the season. But partway through, I think.
1: Because the reason that she quits I thought was what happened at the end of season four, part one.
2: No. No. She's already gone off on our own working with um the snails the snails well oh you're right you're
1: right why though oh it was because of ben okay so i'm back on track yeah so probably the most questionable decision by the birds and it really ended up being by wendy who i think like marty takes like a more positive moral turn throughout the show in my mind and wendy makes a more negative moral turn throughout the like arc of the show
2: i think marty is consistent and then wendy kind of surpasses him in terms of what she's willing to do
1: well it's like i don't know marty the like flaw with marty which i think is important one is that like he chose this and like he continued despite the fact that it was caused by the actions of others like his partner and landed them in the ozarks not marty's behavior yeah but he still always makes it sound like we can maintain the status quo and you can't like the the situation is changing so he's like we should keep our standards and our principles like the kids shouldn't know and they should do this and we should protect this and it's like when he's looking at him like well we can't like we can't anymore Mm -hmm. like that's not the it's not the same playing field. It's not the same chessboard that we were at two years ago. So we have to adapt. Like we're playing a different game now. What the fuck are you talking about? And he always comes off a little like whiny victim in those moments, not to the point where I like, don't like him. I think Marty's the shit and like his calm, cool collectedness and like negotiation ability and all that stuff is very impressive to me. But like that always bothered me a little bit. So yeah, maybe it's consistent, but it's consistent in a way that doesn't make sense because the show isn't consistent. Like the situation isn't.
2: Yeah, you can tell he wants stability and like a through line. And you're right, like even in the midst of everything just changing around him, he still kind of like strives for that. And... This
1: should be what it is, and it's like, no, that's not an option, right? Like he yeah. kills that dude. Uh, what's his face? The father, the, the father Zeke's dad. Yeah, because Zeke's dad's about to fucking kill his wife, and he's like, I mean, I get it, he has a panic attack and stuff, but he's like so angry about it and upset about it. And it's like again what was very black and white before like i'm not going to kill anyone is not so black and white when your wife is being threatened like Mm -hmm. it you know or black and white in a completely different way maybe right like you have to there's no other option yeah so um that bothered me whereas wendy definitely like leans in hard and like is pretty hungry you can tell that part of her motivation is being like hungry for that power and, and wanting to be like the one in Omar Navarro's ear and wanting to be the one who's in charge of Missouri and all of these things. And her brother who has, um, bipolar disorder mm-hmm. is, has learned too much and has stopped taking his meds and is definitely a threat to the whole system and organization. And she tries to get him away, but realizes that there's no use. He's going to tell someone. He's going to talk about it and ultimately has him killed by the cartel, which is like kind of perfect because it launches us into the season where Jonah has his rebellion. We had the season where the daughter had her rebellion and it was much lighter weight and it ended up being resolved. And she is very much by the end, like her daughter, her mother's number one kind of like assistant right hand. I'll get it done. Whatever you say, mom. And Jonah goes into his own rebellion because he's upset that the mom killed Ben. Um, and Ruth is also upset. So she's quit, which leaves a lot of vulnerability. Right. As we go into like the whole season. Yeah. And then we also have the complication of Maya. Who's the FBI agent. She's the financial auditor. And Marty is trying this whole season to turn her to his side and make her part of the cartel.
2: Yeah. While also telling Omar that she already is his.
1: Yeah. Right. So he's like playing both sides, which is pretty dangerous. And flirting with a deal, but also trying to get her involved. And it essentially starts us on a path, which is really critical to the ending, which is the FBI and the cartel can work together. Essentially, the cartel pays a tax in seizures, whether mm-hmm. it be arm seizures or cash seizures, and the cartel can continue on with what it's doing as long as the FBI can catch like one out of every six trucks that tries to go th- through the border or whatever. Um, Marty ends up kind of like acts. It feels almost accidental, like backing into that. But then once it starts happening, he's like, "Oh, the FBI could do this." like the cartel could do this and if they were both on the same page instead of it being a surprise we could all live with this right Right. like um so that's a pretty important one
2: yeah also um uh snail what's her name darlene darlene darlene
1: wow what a character
2: yeah darlene is great because she's like a really excellent long long payoff like character, like they they plant it early. Like Darlene is unstable and very dangerous, right? And then they like just gradually tease it out and just use it exactly. Like it just is so perfect the way that sh- that shows up. Like whenever she's just like flares up and does something totally reckless and wild and to no one's interest. Um, but this season, she does a lot. <laughs> she spends a lot of time killing people and just making a mess and making it increasingly complicated for the people in her organization which now includes ruth and ruth's brother who's also darlene's boyfriend and later what a curveball i
1: love that though like i thought that that was so clever that they like put things together that way it might seem clunky but i think it's one hundred percent, kind of like the weird factor that you mm. expect to see in the Ozarks, like not that I'm like shitting on the people of the Ozarks right now, but like <laughs> the way that the story painted it. Right, we had like a drug-addled lodge runner, right in season one. We had the strip club that was full of like anomalous <laughs> strippers. <laughs> right like the guy literally who owned the strip club before marty was like people expect to see weird so we have weird right and like everything kind of got like polished up they almost like scrubbed the weird or the unexpected out of the ozarks and i feel like the relationship between darlene and wyatt was like no no (laughs) we've got some weird left for you watch this Um, And they, like, did pretty graphic, like, lovemaking scenes between them. And I was like, holy shit. Like, this is really uncomfortable. Yeah. But they had a lot of... (laughs) I mean, I will say in the whole final season, they had a lot of storylines running. Because we have Maya and the FBI. We have Jonah abandoning ship. We have this private investigator who's first looking into the lawyer, who was a great character, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then being hired by wendy's dad to start looking for ben the son yeah. who's also gone missing we have the birds working with a big pharma right. organization in order to sell the heroin to one person right? and this like is that like that a lot of the new for the
2: characters right that i think we were referring to that were coming right in. yeah
1: we have the snells starting the operation of their own We have Darlene having shot off Frank Jr.'s penis. So he's after her now. Yes. And we have...
2: um, That was also excellent when they shot off Frank's penis.
1: So good. Darlene is such a wild card. He like literally... And I think the moment that I was truly hooked on Ozark as a show was in the season one finale where Marty feels like he's like, okay, I finally figured it out. We're going to open a riverboat casino I'm going to be able to launder all the money that you need to launder. The Snells don't have to worry about their heroin operation because you're just going to make money off of this boat. Everyone be happy. Everyone who's against me, just be happy. I figured it out so that Mm -hmm. everyone wins and gets everything that they want. And then Darlene shoots the dude in the head. (laughs) The cartel dude. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, I finally figured it out. (laughs) And you shot someone in the cartel. Like, they're going to send someone else.
2: It was because uh she said he called them hillbillies yeah or rednecks. <laughs> rednecks or instead of hillbillies crucially yeah.
1: <laughs> but they do a good job and the, the, the horse farm and the drug war i mean there's literally a hundred different threads and i think it's very impressive of the show to have woven all of those different storylines together in a way that like i never really felt lost i never felt confused we we're juggling all that the same way that Marty and Wendy were. Like it was constantly like it was like a game of whack-a-mole with what could have been happening at any given time, mm-hmm. because there was so much happening at once. And trying to problem solve for that is part of what makes them so lovable. Because they're like, okay, I'll go handle this, and you go handle that, and I'll like call you later. And they were just like, bang, 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 knocking down down those moles. Yeah. So what was the last thing that you saw,
2: Daryl? Uh, so it was. It was just when Wendy um, plants the red flag on uh, Jonah's accounts, oh. and then Marty comes and fixes it. And but that was the very end of that one. Was like they Marty fixes the thing, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna go." The the he says he's not gonna go back to Chicago. Um, yeah. So I don't remember what else is going on. I think, oh yeah, Omar Marty has to prove Omar. Marty. He has to prove Omar didn't wasn't involved in the bombing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So Omar isn't arrested yet, but I can imagine he will be. But they've set up the like the handoff or whatever, right? And Omar has told Javi that he's giving him everything, and Javi went. To visit with them and then also threaten the scumbag guy, the scumbag lawyer, the dirt, the mm-hmm. dirt uh I love guy. Him. Yeah. I like him too. He's very good. Um yeah, that's so that's where I'm at. Like uh what's his name just proposed to Darlene? So they aren't actually married yet, but I can imagine that's happening. Many... Yeah, why yeah.
0: so there's a lot still pending, still hanging right. in the balance. Yeah. So do you have any sort of maybe final thoughts on the, the show or predictions I guess we on what do you think to, is gonna happen yeah. so
1: we can get it on the record? Well, I don't know. I
0: think the
2: uh I think they're going to I mean, I don't understand how they think they're going to get away with anything at this point, Scott Free. So I can't imagine that's going to happen, but the car accidents are a lot into question. I have really no idea what I is said. Is just over for them, but I don't know. I don't know. No predictions. I feel like a lot more people are going to die, but <laughs> I don't know who. Uh, yeah. I don't know. My final thoughts for the show are like it is. It is a fantastic show, and I think it's. I, I mean, I don't really know the the story of how it ended did they decide do you know did they decide they wanted to end it or was it netflix or was it a mutual decision or... that's at least
0: that's how they they described it in interviews it's definitely like okay we decided it was time to to wrap yeah. it up and that's what we get like the two parts and
1: yeah i feel like netflix would have been willing to milk it as long as they would have been willing to keep it It
2: was idea. one of their best shows or one of the yeah. most, more popular shows right but um yeah i think it's like that is the that is the wisest decision um that they could have made i think it's so it really saves it because it just like another show we talked about breaking bad but i can't help but think of weeds too which is like you know similar mm-hmm. type of premise and weeds was awful weeds was unbearable by like halfway well, through they or moved something. to
1: like new york or something and you're like what the fuck are you doing yes like
2: yeah and in
1: iceland or like amsterdam and you're like what is this it like, just we're... it
2: jumped so many sharks there were no sharks left to jump and i feel like this is managing to avoid that i mean we'll see with the last half of the season here but it really feels especially having watched it in that i've i i do not know how many people how many other people have watched all of it in, in rapid succession like this but it really hangs together well. Like it really feels like a well thought out um through line of a show and there's it's so consistent across. It like so watching it like that it was like almost surprising to me that they didn't just film it continuously. Like it, it's really really good that way. So uh kudos to the to the showrunners and creators and directors and everything for that cuz yeah
1: nothing ever from one season to the next gets swept out where it's like oh you know how like sometimes in like season premieres they're like oh that big problem was just like we fixed it over the summer yeah yeah you know what i mean like there's never that right um you get properly introduced to and properly resolve problems in due time based on realistic circumstances
2: yeah and it yeah it's uh it's just wonderful to see a show like this go like, and also it has the the thing where the episodes are the length that they need to be. I think like they're, they're not consistently always 59 minutes or whatever. And I feel, I, I never felt like any of them were dragging or, um, you know, I thought it was like, Oh yeah, they just, they took the time they needed to take to tell, the story that they needed to tell in this episode. And I I think overall, just craft-wise, it's one of the best shows to to come out of the streaming era. So,
1: Speaking of craft, before you go, Daryl, um, one thing that I wanted to ask you about was every show in Ozark opens with the Ozark O, and then it shows four symbols for what you might see or what Mm -hmm. you absolutely will see in the episode, Mm -hmm. which when it was first, when it was airing, for the first time and I was watching it for the first time, I, was, I struggled mightily to like actually keep up. But when I rewatched it all in succession, I made it a point to like memorize what those symbols were and then be like, found it, like tick it off mm. of a list. And it mm. felt very like, it felt like it was meant to get you in the mindset of Marty in a way where it's like everything's a mental puzzle
2: mm. in a lot
1: of ways. Um, and I really appreciated that about it. And I was just wondering if that was like something that you thought about a lot or you were just like, oh, whatever. Not no, thing. no,
2: I thought it was nice. I mean, I didn't tr- try to do too much in the way of hagiography. I was definitely like, oh, uh, th- it it, it kind of worked in the way of like that last time on did for me. It like set me up for like things to try to remember or pay attention to, um, you know, in the same way that like, they would just do the clips, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, you're keying me to those moments because they're going to be important here. Um, but yeah, I really did, I did appreciate it, and I appreciated the puzzle, the puzzle style aspect to it to that that was there. And yeah, I think that's a good observation that it is like Marty because it's Marty's great ability is you know pattern recognition and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's it's I just really appreciate the the show for what it is i think it's um i'm sorry for not giving it more attention earlier but oh well I'm making up for it now
1: yeah you are yeah. i can't wait to hear well on the next episode we'll just do a. Final, yeah we'll do a quick yeah see to how a you quick feel about thoughts it. Yeah. yeah all right we'll
2: okay bye i'm off to watch more
1: okay so did you so did you watch it anthony bye bye Daryl. i love you um did you watch the, the last two season no i just watched, just watched the last, last two, two year. episodes yeah, yeah. yeah yeah, but you probably don't know what the fuck's going on is it hard it seems like a hard show to onboard to
0: uh some of it so i mean some of the stuff i yeah like i had to definitely do some like research online to figure out who characters were and what the situation was um but i think that there's sort of like a general like the the overall gist of it i think i i understood where where sort of things stood um i think particularly if we sort of focus on the the birds, um, and not so much on some of the, well, I think the birds and on Ruth, cause obviously that, that all comes together in the end. But, um, as, as a kind of where I come in the the birds are, I mean, they've kind of got this personal turmoil because their kids have decided to go with, um, uh, Wendy's dad who sucks and is like this horrible manipulative person, alcoholic. Um, and then also, uh, Ruth has taken over the, casino. Um, so now their like ability to wander money is like under threat is kind of where I Yeah. Am.
1: So I think, so the Ruth part is interesting in it. Ruth has fully turned against the birds one for Ben. And then the kind of like straw that broke the camel's back was that Wyatt it ended up dead. And Wyatt right. is really the only person she's ever truly loved. Um, so she's completely against them. She also gets the opportunity to expunge her criminal record which would allow her to have a license on the casino, which would allow her to kind of like be a Langmore in the sense that Darlene had told Wyatt about like when Darlene and Wyatt first start dating, one of the things that Darlene tells Wyatt is that like just a few generations ago, the Langmores were pretty upstanding citizens. And I think that the young Langmores today believe that like the only path that's available to them is to be a criminal. And Darlene's like, no, like Langmores were cool. Like, people, they had respect. They were like good people. Um, I think they were bootleggers. So I think they were still criminals, but like,
0: (laughs) but yeah, beloved and not like society.
1: Right. Like not, um, people that would double cross you, but like people that were your friend and like part of the community. And, um, so I think Ruth like sees a light at the end of the tunnel and really like dedicates herself to that. And she's building a pool. And she's going to build kind of the house that she had talked about having with Wyatt at one point they had been like dr- daydreaming of like, if we were rich, what right. would we do with this property? Which is a beautiful piece of property. It always bugs me throughout the entire show that they have this like amazing lakefront property with like trailers in it. <laughs> um, So she's working towards that goal and trying to kind of keep herself from killing Javi. She ends up killing Javi. She can't stand not getting revenge.
0: Right. Because Javi um, kills
1: Wyatt. Javi killed Wyatt. So that's where her story is headed. And then the birds are dealing with kind of multiple issues. One, they have this private investigator who won't stop. They're about to lose their kids to this alcoholic, but God fearing father. Um, I think for the daughter's sake, she's like, it's just better for the family and for the family business if we just go with him and don't fight this because he's going to keep digging whereas Jonah like really wants to hurt his mom um and then they're also dealing with the fact that casino has been taken from them the FBI is trying to broker a deal with Marty that would put Omar Navarro in charge for another five years and get them their seizures now that Javi is gone however I mean, I think one of the more interesting parts of season four or the last season, part two, is it four or five?
0: Four. So it's four part two. Yeah.
1: Season four, part two is that Marty has essentially become Omar, Marty and Wendy together have become Omar Navarro's most trusted kind of lieutenants at this point. She, he actually sends while he's in jail, he sends Marty to lead the cartel, which is like a super tense part of the season. Mm-hmm. Um And he's checking for anyone who's double crossing them. Uh, He's also checking for anyone who's like skimming off the top and he ends up killing a guy, having him executed for skimming. He also thinks that the guy who's skimming was the one who tried to get Omar Navarro killed. And that's where Omar's sister and Javi's mom, Camilla comes into play who convinces Omar to let her run the cartel and be his emissary and i think that's when wendy and marty start to realize that she is actually the one who tried to have him killed that she's making a play that she wants revenge for hobby um which complicates things even more and then we get to the car crash and this is the part did you see the car right. crash i thing? did see the
0: yeah yeah so that so at this point they have actually um because uh in order to get um their kids back, Marty goes to Ruth because she because she knows that like uh the son still like really respects Ruth. And so says, like, hey, uh by the way, like if it ever got out that you killed Javi, you'd be dead. So um you take care, <laughs> you get you you bring my kids back. Um whatever and, it takes, Yeah. What, he like yeah. doesn't
1: have a way to do it. He's just like, whatever you need to do,
0: but they need yeah. to come back. Right. Um and it's actually it's interesting because like first you they have this conversation where like, there's this sense that, you know, Marty, as you said, like that Wendy is kind of pulling the strings at this point, but this is something that Marty kind of did on his own. He's like, no, like I, this is the, I'm willing to like, really, you know, make this really horrific threat in order to, to make this happen, to make this, to fix this. And then Ruth goes to Wendy and says, they kind of have this moment of, of connection and like Ruth is all, but Ruth is all saying, Hey, listen, I can't promise you they're going to come back. They're going to make the decision. I just need you to accept that they're going to, I'm going to do what I can, but don't. Right.
1: They might not stay, but they'll come right. back right now. I'll get yeah. that part done, but they might not stay.
0: Right. So she, then she goes and she basically um, gets uh, the father-in-law drunk and like points a, and like to, to admit that he's like a, you know, basically a piece of shit who's just trying to hurt when he doesn't care about the kids at all. Um, and then she like points a gun at him and is like, you got to call them in and tell them that, that that's what you're doing and that they're going to come back to their parents which he does. Um, and, and then at that point, you know, they've got, they go and they tell Wendy, they're going to come back. The whole family's in the car. It feels like things are starting to look up and then
1: crash. And they've, they've also brokered at this point. It's like tomorrow they broker the deal where Omar will be put back in charge. He'll be taken off this list that keeps him from getting out of jail. He'll be extradited to Mexico. They'll have the money to buy him out of Mexican prisons and put him back in charge of the cartel. But Wendy is acting against that. Wendy wants Camilla to be in charge because she thinks that she can work Camilla. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they're talking about this in the car. They get in an accident, a pretty bad accident doesn't feel like Wendy's going to get out of the car. And then she does. And this is the part that upsets me because it's like, The whole season's been building towards this car wreck being this like pivotal moment. And they essentially just like get out of the car and go back to what they were doing. (laughs) Like it ends up not meaning. It feels
0: very anticlimactic. Although there is, yeah, I think the, I mean, it is a scene where it's sort of like.
1: It brings the family together. Brings the family together. Oh,
0: what we could have lost. Right. And then like, there's like, then the, um, Wendy has this conversation afterwards with the priest who works for uh, Navarro, and he says, "Listen, this car crash is a sign from God. It means you got to get like you're doing some. You got to change your path. You like this is your last chance before it all you're dead." Um, and Wendy says, "No, no, no. If it's a sign, it's a sign that means we're gonna get through this."
1: Yeah, or invincible
0: basically. Yeah. Right, we're immortal. Um, I don't forget. Yeah, something like that. Yeah.
1: Something like that where she's just like it gives her even more kind of like pride and arrogance and that right. like, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then we get towards the end, which a few things happen all at once. They're doing this big another big gala at the casino which is meant to like kind of tie up all the loose ends. Like they're going to get the money they need or they're about to get out. They're the FBI, you know, I don't remember. It's supposed to be sort of like,
0: like like kind of kickstarting their new life. And then at that point, they're going to move to, they're going to make ton, they're going to raise a ton of money with all the political elites and then move back to Chicago and start a new life where they're basically rich, successful and legitimate.
1: And they've left- the cartel behind like the cartel will be making money through other means and they've got the fbi and the cartel are on the same side and the pharmaceutical right. company's all good to go and everything's fine like they've tied right. up all the loose ends and camilla threatens them at this party at this gala and says who killed Javi? if you tell me now everyone will be spared but if i find out later that one of you were involved or witnessed my son get murdered, then there will be no mercy for anyone.
0: Or she says it very specifically to this woman, Claire from the pharmaceutical company, knowing that she's the weakest link. Right. Which I mean, again, not knowing the full context, but definitely in retrospect, I'm kind of like, yeah. Okay. At this point, you already know that Camilla is starting to get suspicious about what happened to her son Um, so don't invite Claire to this party where she, she can be broken so easily, but obviously that's, that's in retrospect, but yeah, Claire immediately cracks, which fair enough. Like that is a very good threat where she was like, yeah, like it's totally, you can tell me now and I will forgive you But I find out later and then she makes a very graphic violent threat about what she will do to Claire.
1: Yeah. And it's also like Claire comes into the cartel organization just like anyone else which i think is like they again goes back to that flashback with marty where it's like if everything goes well i'll just be moving some money around on the computer and we'll be making more money no problem and then the moment after he agrees to be the essentially the accountant for the cartel they pull the old accountant's eyes out in front of him (laughs) and he like has this moment where he's like oh it's not as simple as just moving money around on the computer. Like there are very graphic. I'm witness to a
0: murder right right now. Right. Um, The bodies are going to pile up around you. That's just how it is.
1: And like, it's not as simple as what they said. And it's the same thing with Claire. They're like, you just have this opium that'll come into you. It's really high quality. No problem and it's on the cheap, everything's gonna be fine. And then, like, someone gets murdered in her office, like a few days later, and she's like, Holy shit, you know, like things escalate quickly, and then you're stuck. And so Claire gives it up immediately. She's like, Ruth killed him in my office. I saw it, I didn't know what to do. I was really scared. We cleaned it up. Do whatever you gotta do. And Camilla looks at the birds and says, Like, if I see you even talking to Ruth at any point, I'll kill your whole family. And then, you know, she goes after Ruth and this is the part that's the saddest, but I think it had to happen. And it kind of is a, it a little bit, um, I could see how it would upset people because Ruth felt like she was coming out. Okay. Like probably even better than the birds. Like she had grown a lot and gotten what she wanted out of life and deserved it and earned it. And Camilla kills her in this beautiful white satin dress. And in a lot of ways, Ruth had always been paying for the sins of the birds. And it does feel slightly unfair at the end for her to pay the ultimate price. Um, But I also... If they hadn't killed her, they would have had to do a (laughs) spinoff. That's the way I see it. There's like a logistical issue with her living.
0: Right. Um, And Yeah. And it's just like, there's like a dramatic problem of like not everything can go smoothly and according to plan in the finale right something has to sort of part
1: of me would agree with people who say that someone in the family should have died rather than ruth um because i do think that that was the one thing that was probably missing from ozark was that like game of thrones style like someone we really care about should die and like ruth is someone we really care about but it didn't feel right that it would be her Like Ruth is like Arya Stark, like Arya lives, someone else needs to die.
0: Um, But there's also this amazing scene that she has before her, I mean, first of all, the death scene is great. And she gets this amazing moment where she just like, says like, I'm not sorry, I did it. Your, your son was like a murdering, whatever. And like, um, and like, she just gets, she knows right away what's going to happen. And she's like, I'm not going to beg, I'm not going to plead. Like You're going to kill me. So I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. But even before that, uh, she has this scene where as the work is being done on her new house, um, she basically sees the property kind of like haunted by like the memories, ghosts of all the uh, dead Langmores um, who she like talks to and and they're sort of together as a family again. And then, um, you know, it just seems like she's like really at peace, like Mm -hmm. um, for once and like her one living cousin does come up and and sort of recognizes what's happening and they sit together and it's like really sweet and beautiful which is of course you realize like well that's not going to last something really bad's going to happen
1: yeah um but then i think like the obviously the ultimate ending is that after having worked out all of this ruth is gone and it's sad but they've literally done everything that they have to do to go and live their free life. Mel shows up who's a private investigator. I don't think he deserves this moment as being like the last obstacle because he was such a fluff character. Like he was so meaningless throughout, but I guess it's kind of, there's something funny about the fact that like the last piece of the puzzle is this fucking thing that they had basically ignored the whole time been like whatever it's like a swatting a fly away and the fly is the one that comes back and gets in your way um but mel says i'm not going to be bought off i know you guys are fucked up i'm gonna like take you down and jonah kills him right which i think is like the best way for things to end with the family based on the setting that they had put them in because jonah was the the holdout in terms of like committing to the family and being like family first, you know, there's even a episode in one of these in this last season called like blood over everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And he is the one who kind of ends it all. And there's, it also circles back to an early season where Jonah had a shotgun held to someone who had broken into the house and his mom gave him the nod to shoot it. And it just happened to not be loaded but he did fire the weapon, but he didn't kill anyone. And, but he was ready to, as like a little boy. And, you know, now as like a man, essentially he, he does it and he protects the family. Um,
0: and I mean, it's interesting. Cause like, if you sort of think about it, you're like, wait, so like, you just broken, like this guy, Mel, who I guess is now a cop, not a, basically the way they got, they tried to get him off. The show as they got him like his, his job his as, as a back. cop, as a cop, but like, you broke into these people's house without a warrant and you found Ben's ashes. Like that's not going to be admissible in court. There's no way, but right. like probably it like ruined, like, but a lot of what they're also establishing is this idea that the new world that they're moving into reputation kind of counts for everything. So like he, he could probably still ruin their plans, even if they don't end up going to jail. Yeah, just
1: to file a lawsuit or anything against them would. Yeah. yeah.
0: um, But but it is just sort of like, what is your plan, dude? Like, I don't think this actually you're gonna be able to bring them to justice or whatever. So then he gives this speech where he says like, no, no, like, like people like you don't get away with it. And and the final line of dialogue in the series is Wendy kind of steps forward and she says very defiantly, "Since when?" And then he gets and then it cuts to black and you hear the gunshot. Which yeah. there are these like online theories that people have like, oh, maybe like Jonah shot. The bottle, I mean, the, uh, you know, the cookie jar holding the ashes or he shot his mom or, you know, like, no, none of that is no, dramatically That's stupid. Makes any sense. He shot yeah, no. Mel. He, you he just don't see Mel. it. But yeah. he shot Mel. And
1: they're, I think the show does a really good job of taking a lot of, like, pretty gruesome things and hiding most of it. Like, they give you just enough gruesome moments where you really have, like, true intrinsic fear of the cartel and the violence that is capable or possible on the show, but they don't show all of it. Right. They like hint at it where like, you know, there's a bomb that goes off and then there's another bomb that's left in a crowd of people and it cuts to the Ozark. Oh, and you hear a boom. And you like, don't see a hundred people get blown up, but you know that they did. And they like do that pretty frequently in the show And then, you know, every once in a while, you see like two people get like electrocuted or waterboarded and you're like, holy shit, like this is real, but you don't see a lot of gore and guts and violence. Like you don't see nearly as much violence as is what's happening. Like as what the story is telling you that's happening. Um, You don't see all of it. So I think that that's really good too. I think it's like one of the best shows that Netflix has done. I mean, I really, really love it. And I think that it is just funny enough to not like, really bring you down but it's a lot of puzzle and problem solving and I think families are the perfect storytelling vessel because the dynamic between family members is so intense and we all have it it's always relatable um so yeah I think it's just a great show
0: yeah I mean I think it's a good ending in terms of the issues you were talking about before because it's a way of saying yeah they get away with it and we're not it's up to you how you feel about that you can think that's really horrible that they get away with it but they do get like let's just sort of like put a pin on that that's what's happening um and yeah i (laughs) i i feel like um i feel bad that i haven't like followed along but i'm gonna go back and at least watch the first couple of seasons
1: yeah give it a shot see if it doesn't like fully lure you in because i think that it's just it has that ability um and it does feel kind of slow. I think like the first 30 minutes of the first episode are pretty slow. And then he does the Ozark thing. And then you really start. <laughs> then the Snells come into play and the preacher and you're like, holy shit. Like there's problems every fo- 10 minutes.
0: I think the thing that, yeah, like that really grabbed me initially is in that opening episode, just when like Dell shows up and slaughters like Marty's entire office. And, you know, <laughs> like, well, Marty obviously is not going to die because then there's no show but you're like, I don't understand how he's going to survive this because it really looks like he's about to die. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, like it gets a little bit, it takes a while to kind of get going again after that scene. But um, yeah, everything I've seen, I've liked, I just like haven't prioritized it, but I'm going to go prioritize it now.
1: Yeah. Well, everyone else should watch it too. If you haven't seen any Ozark, then thank you for listening to this whole episode. I hope <laughs> you enjoy it. And if you have watched some Ozark, I'm probably going to rewatch it in about, nine to 12 months uh, all the way through because that's what i do seemingly um then you should join me
0: all right well if you've seen ozark let us know what you think info at original content podcast.com yeah shoot us an email at info at original content podcast.com you can also follow us on twitter at original content and we always appreciate it when you subscribe and leave us a positive review in apple podcasts or the podcast app of your choice. Thank you so much for listening. Jordan, have a good Sunday.
1: Yeah, you too.